Can you believe that there are some people in this world that did not tune in to the Alliance Vlog Podcast? Shame on you! Shame on you! My name is Ella Indy and I'm one half of the NWA Women's World Tag Team Champion. And I'm Kitty Page, the other half of the NWA World Women's Tag Team Champion. And you better go listen to the Alliance Vlog, what is it called? Podcast! Period! You're ugly! Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. I'm Jay Cal. Obviously, this isn't DKM. This is Rick Del Santo from the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast, PWZ, baby. What's going on, Rick? How you doing, Jay? Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Uh, for those of you who aren't in the know, Rick is kind of like an unofficial member of the Alliance Guys. I would say maybe a Alliance Guys adjacent, maybe like a cousin. <laughs> I'm going to say cousin. But, I mean, now we finally brought you on to the, the show, the A show. And so, like, uh, I, I officially think now you are officially part of the family. Like, uh, we, we need to uh, beat you up and spray paint um, Alliance blog on you, but I think you're in. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, real quick, because I know, you know, some people in the chat might not be too much familiar uh, with PWD, um, but tell us a little bit about what you do over at Pro Wrestling Zone Podcast. Basically, put yourself over, man. Well, as of late, it's been a lot of interviews with uh, Northeast or New England uh, wrestling talent. And, of course, legends. I've been reaching out to a lot of legends and uh, had some really great guests uh, recently, like Jacques Rougeau. Uh, and uh, Denny Brown has been on. Uh, uh, John Arezzi, an episode coming up with John Arezzi. And uh, just a bunch of really great guests. So, uh, you know, I, I have a bunch recorded that I just uh, I'm dropping weekly. So. Keep an eye out for them. You're gonna you're gonna like them, and uh, and we'll and, you know we we t we tend to share those on um, our social media outlets as well. And and when the show's over, I'll also plug where people can follow you at. But I'm also gonna put your YouTube link right here in the chat. Um, you guys click that, open it in a new tab, and then go subscribe after the show's over or watch a few videos because Rick does have some great stuff coming out uh, on his YouTube channel. But really, you push your videos on. YouTube, Facebook. Uh, do you also post them on Twitter as well? 
I post them everywhere. Literally yeah. every every social media platform. Uh, you can find clips or full videos uh, everywhere. And I've seen some of your stuff on TikTok. I I laugh because TikTok gets a bad rap, and a lot of people don't want to use the medium because it's like uh, stereotyped as like a young person's place. Uh, you know, teenagers or girls in bikinis, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can find it if that's what you're looking for, but there's a lot of great wrestling content on there. I know you post stuff, I post stuff, but I know a lot of other uh, content creators are, are turning to TikTok in these days of uh, the anti-metaverse, and it seems like it's been a, a pretty good place to find wrestling knowledge. It's a very good place to get attention on your product uh, by posting clips. I post a lot of, uh, you know, two to anywhere from two to like 10-minute clips of uh you know, episodes I've had, anything that's interesting to try to get you to go over to my YouTube channel and uh, subscribe. And all I'm at it, if I don't give you, if you don't mind me giving a little plug, we're trying to get on the road to get 3,000 subscribers. We're only a couple hundred away. So please go like and subscribe. Thank you. Absolutely. Like, and, uh, and again, like, um, it, it's such a wild animal and talking about uh, content creation, because that's something you and I both take very seriously. Um, it, it, it's a it's a brave new world out there. Yeah, I know that uh, in in years past, like uh, I, I think Instagram used to pay for content if you had over ten thousand subscribers, and I'm like I'm I'm never gonna hit ten thousand subscribers on Instagram. Uh, Facebook pays pretty well. Uh, excuse me, not Facebook. Uh, YouTube pays fairly well. I mean, decent uh, mm -hmm. when you create content um tiktok is another one where it's like it's it's a very big number i also believe it's like ten thousand. but i've heard that it actually does pretty well if you're pretty active on tiktok so um it's i go in waves and, and yeah. tiktok there's times i'm uploading constantly and then there's times i won't upload for weeks at a time <laughs> so. I've, I've decided that i'm gonna focus my attentions on youtube mm -hmm. for obviously video content and tiktok for um you know, video content in terms of like posting photos, I'll still post those on, um, on Instagram, but I'm not going to use the reels, uh, for my content creation. I just feel like that's a, I don't know. It's a waste of opportunity. I don't, I don't see any traffic from what we're doing on Instagram translate to more YouTube subscribers or more, right. uh, more, uh, website uh, visits either. So just, you know, little chit chat about content creation. Cause you know, you and I do this fairly routine and if yep. you're somebody who uh, i admire quite a bit uh, you're you have a great following on all your platforms and uh, i hope that that three road to three thousand comes quicker than i hope so thank you thank you so um obviously we're, we're short a couple of guys today dkm uh just needed the needed some time off he was gonna hang out with his son today and i think that's cool and you know Jaden is kind of a a rogue He's a joker. He's a wild card. He plays by his own set of rules. So he might even drop in later tonight. Maybe he won't, but uh, he's a, he's a very busy man. Dr. Lawrence Raconium has him doing a lot of stuff out there in New Jersey, uh, specifically looking for new venues for wrestling shows. Um, so he may not join us tonight, but he might. I got to ask you something and we haven't talked about this specifically, but You've seen, I, I'm sure you've seen some of the footage from what happened in Australia. The whole, uh, this, this, uh, the world is a vampire tour. Obviously, you know, I went yeah. to Mexico and posted a lot of footage. They're finally going to release those matches this Saturday on USA. Yep. Um, 
I, I don't know your opinion on this. Uh, what do you think about the NWA doing this uh, international expansion? And do you think it's good for the NWA, bad for the NWA, or indifferent? I still think they have to, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing, really, but I still think that they need to concentrate here on the United States and getting crowds outside of the southern portion of the United States where they're always, I mean, I think Chicago ended up, what did they only fit, like 300 people in that last arena in the, uh, yeah. which is a very small building. So I think they need to concentrate on trying to go big, I guess you could say, and, and, and having bigger shows than before they can hit that international market. I am. Um, I, I I agree with you. I really feel like though, this was a big statement from Billy mm -hmm. Corgan, yeah. and as somebody who's been very critical of Billy Corgan since purchasing the NWA in 2017, I've I've celebrated all those milestones and victories with the NWA, but I'm also quick to point the uh, the opportunities, the missed opportunities, and and critique things that I just don't like. I feel like the month of April was probably the best month of the NWA in 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 the, in the history of the Lightning One era. I mean, you so you we had the pay per view. Well, and in, in, in actually twenty twenty three, I think has been more momentum forward than backwards. Obviously, the loss of Nick Aldis is going to hurt a brand because Aldis is a very widely known um, talent. He's very credible talent. You know, he brings instant credibility to your to any title that he's challenging for. Absolutely. Uh, he's a great wrestler, despite what I think of him personally. Uh, he's a great wrestler. Like, I, I, I really do hold him in high acclaim. Um, but I will say this, like, uh, I don't feel like they've missed a beat without him. And I'm not a huge Tires fan. Um, but I don't know how much different the NWA would be right now with Aldis as opposed to Tyrus. Terrace has grown on me. Couldn't stand it at first, but look uh, you at know, you, man. You're, <laughs> you're just stirring the pot. Go ahead. Go ahead. He's grown on me. I'm not saying that I'm going out and buying Tyrus merch or anything like that, or or you know anything like that. Saying that he, I don't. My personal opinion is like when I don't think he should be the NWA champ. I mean, yeah. there's obvious reasons because he has mainstream appeal. Um, I don't know how much it's actually working for the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, but. He's grown on me, man. It's not nearly as bad as it was like his first year there. It was I, completely kind of cringeworthy every time he came out. I mean, with the exception of like his interviews with Kyle Davis, which I thought were entertaining. Yeah. Uh, he's grown on me. He, he look, promo wise, I don't know that there's somebody better on the roster right now than Tyrus. Yeah. And that's, and it pains me to say that it really does. Um, he, he's good at talking you into that match. He's good mm -hmm. at talking you into believing like, Everything he says, but then when you get in the ring, it's like you got to live up to what you got to you got to pack the heat that you're that you're talking about. You know, when when you had Nick Aldis on the mic, you know, sure he was arrogant, sure he's kind of a prick, but he backed everything up that he said yeah. while cutting those promos. Tyrus is kind of inspiring, right? Like I I started listening to him, like yeah, man, this guy can do it. He can do it, and and I'll be honest, I was pleasantly surprised to see his in ring conditioning in that match with Trevor Murdoch at the seventy fourth anniversary sure. last year. I was blown away. I don't think we've seen that Tyrus since, but I think this Tyrus that we have today is still better than the Tyrus, like you mentioned, who won the television championship like nearly two years ago. I think at that point, I didn't think that, I think he was getting winded too quick. 
when he first came in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looked like he had not been in the ring for uh, a number of years. He just, and then it's it's just over time, he just opened up and kind of uh, his character developed for, uh, I guess, for the National Wrestling Alliance in a way. You know what I mean? As opposed to being an entertainer in a, in a way, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like, um, he had an opportunity to kind of, um, he, he kind of like had this opportunity to grow as an individual, um, right? He, you know, like, look, he he was in the WWE. He's, mm-hmm. he, he went through the farm system. We he, we know that he knows how to wrestle, right? It just feel like now uh, what we're getting from him is a different. Um, a different tire. So a guy who's right. been put in that position that we didn't necessarily see in years past. Um, I'm a, I, I'm kind of stumbling here because I was also trying to look something up real quick because we, we mentioned that, uh, you know, obviously uh, these international tours for the NWA didn't happen organically. Um, they were manufactured because of the, uh, the momentum that is the smashing pumpkins that they could right. go to Mexico city and put on a, uh, a day long festival with, uh, you know, 10 other bands and sell out 20,000 tickets. And then you throw a wrestling ring in the middle between sets and people are going to check that out, especially in Mexico city, when you're partnering with AAA, which is uh, probably the premier wrestling promotion in Mexico, no offense to CMLL, which I was, <laughs> I, 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 Rick, I took off from the concert. I did not stay to see smashing pumpkins so that I could go watch the uh, second half of a CMLL show like 30 minutes away. <laughs> so when I was in Mexico, like I told people, oh yeah, I'm going to go see the Smashing Pumpkins. I listened to one band perform and then watched two hour-long wrestling shows and took off. Wow. So <laughs> if you if anyone has any questions about my uh, commitment to the NWA, uh, I was there for the NWA, not Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Um, so how was it set up? Like, was it interesting set up like in the middle of this just music festival? So it was an outdoor arena. The Foro Sol, I think it was like a, um, from from different things that I've read, it looks like it is like a, a a speedway, like a a place where they race cars. Mm -hmm. And I've also heard that it's a soccer field. Okay. And so like, I I guess it's a multifunctional type of uh, venue right. and I know that uh, they were even advertising other bands that were going to be going there, uh, you know, in the next few months. Next, you know, so I saw some. I can't remember who now, but I think it was like maybe the Black Crows were going to be there in August or something. Uh, and so, you know, uh, the venue itself was it was huge, right? It was it was right. a huge venue, um, so it made it very accessible to have a wrestling ring in the center of the venue. Because like the concert stage was probably you know half mile away from the ring, and there was there was plenty of space to set up this ring. And and again, they had they built a little like uh, a little uh, I don't know what you want to call it a place for the wrestlers to hang out that was not exposed. Right. And, you know they they had full on entrances, uh, and the fans packed the area. There were other things to do. I mean, there was obviously food and concession and. And all that other stuff. Uh, there are other things to see and do it in Foro Sol, but all those people migrated to the ring because, well, you know, it's lucha libre. It's a draw, and uh, the crowd was into it. You know, the first show, uh, the first show, I was in a spot where I thought, oh, this is great. I'm gonna get a great pictures. But then, like, it like it just wasn't good enough, and right. I thought there was better space uh, behind the hard cam, 
which I was like, cool, I'm going to be in this great spot. But then it was on a, on a rig. And so the rig kept kind of cutting in and like, I couldn't, it was like, every time I tried to take a picture, this rig would drop in front of me. So then I, I had to move to the third spot, which was, uh, you know, opposite of the entranceway. And uh, I was like four or five rows back. Still got some decent uh, footage, but uh, it, it was, that's how many people were there. There was like a wall of five rows of people in front of me that I couldn't, I couldn't navigate to the front because there was just so many people. So I, I think right. that was a good thing. And then, and then obviously if you, I'm sure you saw some of the matches from Australia, yep. some of the clips that were posted yep. and, um different setup not every venue was the same some of it looked like the wrestling ring was in the corner uh some of it looked like it was in an open field much like foroso so you could just put the ring right in the middle um but really got some great crowds out there obviously there to see the smashing pumpkins but uh got some pretty dynamic performances from their talents and and again you know from from uh mexico city to australia you went from the seasoned veterans, the guys that had names, guys who worked with the WWE or guys who worked in Mexico uh, to, you know, a bunch of, I don't want to say rookies, but like very, um, very new faces to uh, the world of pro wrestling. Right. Cause right. I mean, Silas Mason has been around for a while, but I don't think he's got his flowers until just the last few months. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Kerry Morton, he's a freaking Morton, but he's still a little green behind the ears. And then you've got, uh, you know, uh, Kenzie Page, the woman's television champion, who, again, she's such a great, a phenomenal wrestler. I think she's 22 years old. You know, she's very, very young. Maybe she's even younger than that. And uh, they look like they had a great time and, and a lot of bonding happened while they were there, too. I think that's going to have a, a huge translation for the NWA in the coming years. If you can keep some of that core group together, Carrie, Taylor, Kenzie, Silas and and also you know a lot of rebellion was there. I think if you can keep those six talents in the company for some time, I think you got something special there. Absolutely, I think that uh, what the NWA needs is consistency with their roster. That's uh, you know that's uh, guys have been in and out of there since I mean since the Lightning One era. You know guys have been in and out ever since uh, Billy took over, and it's it's kind of frustrating in a way because for the for the viewer at times because. We get really into a storyline, and then next thing you know, they got picked up and going somewhere else, whether it be AEW, WWE, or MLW, anywhere. Yeah, and, and some of that was like by design. I mean, obviously, yeah. we all saw Thunder Rosa. She was being mm-hmm. hoarded very hard by AEW when they, right. they negotiated her release. Like, we knew that she was going to be going. Um, Nick Aldis, I think, it was, despite the. When he made his announcement that he was not going to resign, I felt like all that was very on the up and up. It was the kind of bearing of the company shortly thereafter that felt kind of icky to me. Mm-hmm. Like what he said wasn't even wrong, right? Like I agreed with almost everything he said, but it's like you didn't need to really say that on the way out. You could have just been like, all right, well, you know, they are doing their thing and I would like to do something else. And, and that could have been it. Right. Yeah, he went full blast and just <laughs> said what he, which is, I mean, he's probably saying what a lot of fans are thinking by watching it, to be honest with you. I mean, I know what I'm thinking when I'm watching that. I've been very disappointed. I'd probably, should I say the last year? I don't know. You know, it would it be the last year, but I've been very disappointed. The pay-per-views have been somewhat lackluster. They've been better than the regular TV, but they're, they're, I don't think they're like up there. You know, I think that when they came full blast and did NWA 75, I thought that that show was a, an amazing show. And, and every show, 
73 or 74 or 70 excuse me i'm sorry like when they first did the the first pay-per-view they did you know it was like full-on great show yeah and then on and on the pay-per-views were really good and then past year year what year and a half it just everything just slowed down and got really strange entering the realm of uh sports entertainment in a way so and that's something i'm not necessarily a big fan of yeah i think you could definitely make the case that billy didn't just uh, tiptoe into the world of sports entertainment. He he did right. a, a cannonball right into it, <laughs> yeah. and and it's and, and I get it. Like he he keeps saying that it brings in a casual audience. Now he's the one that's receiving the analytic from his marketing groups. We're not privy to that information. I don't right. know. You, you know, I know what I like. You know, and I sit there and I watch championship wrestling from Hollywood, and I'm like, yep, that's exactly the kind of wrestling that I enjoy, and that's the kind of wrestling that's available to me. I enjoyed the NWA more when it was closer <laughs> affiliated with stuff like that as opposed to what it is now. Um, that's another show that I, I do watch, the Championship Wrestling, uh, you know, then now the Derby City Wrestling and the, the Memphis show. But if I want to watch professional wrestling, I can turn those on and not necessarily be disappointed, really. MLW, I mean, MLW has some wonky stuff here and there, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Microman and... and Stuff like that. I but, I don't blame them for trying, but yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Like I know that they were trying to cash in on some of the old Lucha Underground uh, fan base. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that actually did anything for them, but I I, I can at least to celebrate the hustle. They tried. They tried yeah. to do something different. Yeah, and I mean hopping them them hopping from network to network. I don't think it's necessarily helping. You know, that's something that's kind of hurts them in a way because you never know like oh uh they signed a new deal and they're going to be on this channel starting next month and then a lot of people i didn't have uh whatever channel really? they were on forever and i had to find it on youtube you know so yeah but, i yeah. i mlw is one of those promotions that i wish i just had a few more hours a day <laughs> to kind of get into it because you're right it, it's it it does again kind of flirt with the whole sports entertainment does a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily think I would enjoy, but then it has stuff like, you know, Alexander Hammerstone in the ring. Like that alone is enough to get me to watch a program. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and of course him and Jacob Fatsu, the few that they had and, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I totally uh, get what you're saying. And I kind of wish, uh, I wish the NWA would kind of fall back more to its roots, more of the studio style of wrestling and again, you know, consistency with that locker room, I think, would help out a lot. But uh, yeah. you know, we're coming to, to Crockett Cup, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Crockett Cup in a minute. But um, after Crockett Cup is the Smashing Pumpkins U.S. World Tour, and uh, that's supposed to have uh, more of those NWA matches. I guess the word is it's not going to be at all of them, but it is going <laughs> to be at some of them. And is that something that you? Uh, do you feel like you're going to be interested in checking out? Is that something that you are maybe, are you going to head down to one of those shows when they're near you on the East coast? If they uh, do tour and they hit Connecticut, it's going to be at the casino Mohegan sun. So, you know, I don't know if they'll have, you know, wrestling there during that. Uh, if they do, you know, I'll be there for one thing, if it's, especially yeah. if it's, but um, I didn't go the last time that they came around. I have not seen <laughs> I haven't seen the Smashing Pumpkins in like 25 years, so if not more. So, you know, uh, as much as I love them as a band, but it's just uh, it's it's too big of a too big of an arena for me to go to a concert. You know, it's got to be something really good to pull me out. 
It's it's one of those, and it's funny because we're we're pretty close in age, and that yeah. Smashing Pumpkins is a band that I grew up with, and I I would never tell you that I was a huge fan of Smashing Pumpkins, and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to pile in on uh, Billy Corgan at all. I I mean I definitely see value in his music. There's a lot of good songs, but I would never. Yeah. I don't think I even own a Smashing Pumpkins CD. I was more of like a Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, uh, even to a lesser extent Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Alice in Chains, you Temple of the Dog, you know, give me some grunge music. And and so, like, I kind of feel like a heel, like, man, a rock star who plays music that's adjacent to what I listen to is putting on these shows, and they're going to have wrestling, and I should probably go. There's going to be three events near me, like, within two hours. There's a, okay. I, where I live, I'm kind of like, a, I'm not too far from San Diego. I'm not too far from Orange County. I'm not too far from Los Angeles. And there's going to be one show that's like 45 minutes away, another show that's like an hour and away, and another one that's like two hours away in a span of three days. And I'm thinking, all I'm waiting to hear is if they're going to announce wrestling. And if the wrestling's there, I'll go cheer on the Pumpkins and and Silas Mason, you know? Yeah, like I said, if they come to the casino and that's available, I mean, my wife gambles quite a bit, so <laughs> she'll so she she gets free tickets for a lot of stuff at the casino. So that's if that happens, yeah, <laughs> so if that happens, I'm I'm I'll go. I'm be like yes. So does, does yeah. she win more than she lose? lose no, hell no, <laughs> hell no. That's why she gets the free stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're always trying to lure her back in. There's a there's a casino like forty minutes away from. Well, They'll be playing at a casino as well, the Smashing Pumpkins in the NWA in uh, Highland, which is near San Bernardino, which is like 45 minutes away from me. Uh, there's another company called Master Republic that does Lucha Libre shows in Cathedral City, which is another 45 minutes away from me. And the last time I went to their show, I you know, bought my ticket, watched the show, recorded some matches and all that fun stuff. Afterwards, it's like, you know, I don't feel like going home yet. Let me play some slots. And I started with like 20 bucks and I left with like, 300 at one point i was like 400 and i was like hmm i i, I like this whole <laughs> casino thing i think i might do this again my, my whole thing is if i uh if i lose that 20 i just walk away if i go up i just pull that ticket and just say okay i'm good i've uh i think the most i've ever gotten was like 500 i just cashed it in right away and just left you're so. <laughs> a good you're, you're, you're a very good man and strong-willed i I was I was flirting with that it was like 480 490 and i was slots man i don't normally yep. play slots and uh, I was like, okay, well, if it drops below 400, I'm going to leave. And I think I got to like 380, and I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. time to go. <laughs> yeah. And that, I, I consider this a win. It paid for my ticket, and I had this little uh, Del Taco on the way home. It was a victory for me. There you go. <laughs> um, so let's talk about uh, – well, okay, so we have the Crockett Cup. We're going to Winston-Salem, uh, you know, this will be the third version of the Crockett Cup that we've had in the Lightning One era. Uh, you know, they keep pulling up the photos from yesteryear. We see the Road Warriors with the Crockett Cup. We see Sting and Luger with the Crockett Cup. We see uh, 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 Dusty and uh, Nikita with the Crockett Cup, um, invoking those memories of yesteryear. We've seen Brody King and PCO with the cup. They won it for the first time in, in uh, 2019, the new era. And then we had last year the Briscoes, obviously the greatest tag team of this time and space. Unfortunately, we lost Jay this year, uh, but now we have a, a new Crockett Cup. Um, I mean, are you excited about this tag team tournament? And what are your thoughts about the Crockett Cup and, and as it comes with the uh, Lightning One era of the NWA? 
Well, I'm so excited. I ended up taking the whole weekend off of work. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, that's what I do every year for the Crockett Cup because uh, whether I'm how excited I am, I have no idea. As it gets closer, I'll find out, you know. Um, I just wish they would use some more, a little bit more outside talent, I guess, in a way, and, and bring it in to make it kind of a more interesting, if you will. I have some of the tag teams. I've got graphics for them. If you don't mind, I'll pull them up sure. on the screen so we could uh, discuss them. Now, um, again, I was fortunate enough to be in, in Mexico City, so I got to see some of these tag teams. Um, I, oh, I didn't get the one for uh, – hold on a second. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Um, I didn't get the – well, I know that um, um, Octagon Jr. is teaming up with uh, Mysterious – and uh, those are two junior heavyweights. I got to see Octagon Jr. up close and personal uh, when he teamed up with Commander to take on um, Scion and Homicide. I think uh, the NWA is in for a treat with Octagon. He's not as uh, as uh, exciting as Commander, per se, or Vikingo, but I think he's a very interesting junior heavyweight talent. And I, I kind of wish the NWA would have put him versus Kerry in Mexico. I thought that would have been a fun match. Uh, are you familiar with any of these AAA talents, or is this kind of new for you? Octagon, yes. Uh, the other guy, no. Um, actually, honestly, I think he's the only one. I don't. I have not watched much Lucha Libre in the last like however many years. So he's really the only one that I'm uh, trying to look at the list here. Now I have it in front of me. Yeah, I think he's the only one that I'm aware of. I'm gonna pull up uh, the next tag team, and I did get to see. I got to see Arez. Uh, he's the gentleman with the face paint uh, on, on and uh, Toxin is the gentleman with the mask. Now, Rez uh, wrestled in the mixed tag match uh, with Aaron Stevens and Natalia Markova. Uh, Rez is, has a distinction of being like the blue demon junior legacy champion, which is kind of funny because blue demon junior is still very much an active wrestler for triple a, but they have a title to commemorate him. And Arez is the champion. Um, I don't know that these two uh, are a normal tag team either, but I know that uh, Toxin was tweeting about it. So I think it's kind of cool that, uh, you know, at least at the very least, the AAA talent's excited to be on the the uh, AAA, or excuse me, on the uh, Crockett Cup show. And I think that's pretty cool. Like, you know, you don't want people there who are just there for the paycheck. You want people who are excited to be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other teams that we have that we, you know, either they've announced or we know that they've qualified. And I'm, I guess I'm missing more than I thought, but we have uh, Magnum Muscle. Um, this has been a makeshift tag team that I've been pretty impressed by, honestly. I, you know, I'm a big Mims guy. Uh, we've, we've been a fan of Mims for a while on this show. Uh, he actually uh, joined us on the Alliance Guys podcast a couple months ago. And uh, he, uh, his partnership with, uh, uh, with uh, Dak Draper, you know, Dak Draper is a guy that is, I think, highly underutilized on this roster. I think I honestly felt like he could have slid into that Nick Aldis role had they wanted to pursue that. I think you're right. Underutilized. I don't think they use him uh, often enough and as well as they possibly could. I mean, I think that goes for him really in the entire wherever he is, really, because he's uh, he's been all over the place. And, you know, I got to see him in Ring of Honor a bit before they shut down. And I was really impressed with his uh, – the way he is, man, he's just a fantastic professional wrestler, literally. Yes. And uh, him teaming up with uh, with Mims, I think that's another guy that uh, was he. Would you say he's a Lightning One original? He's been there since the yeah, beginning, right? Yeah, he, he, yeah. He, I think he worked like either the opening match or the second match 
uh, for the first power that was ever taped. He, he was part yeah. of the, those first two tapings. I was there. I got I got to see him live. I think he teamed up with Sauronaro, I think, for the okay. first match. Yeah. I could be mistaken. Don't don't source me on that, but uh, <laughs> he was definitely there. Um, definitely, I, I know he uh, is a product of uh, uh, Jeremiah Plunkett and a lot of uh, Crimson. He uh, did a lot of training with those guys. So, uh, yeah, he. I mean, I definitely would call him an original. Um, yeah. I don't know if we can use the term pillar in the NWA, but uh, he was a guy at one point who I thought could be the future of the NWA and still could. Um, they go back and forth with him. They don't always, you know, it just seems like, all right, we're, you know, he's they're giving him a tiny push and then they just pull him back down, give him a tiny push. And I just think that he could, like you said, be the future of, uh, of the NWA be, or be a, be a very important part of the future of the NWA. Real quick. Uh, Dave Scooby said he saw a res in MLW. He's different. He's different. All right. He has like an eye, like puppet or something, some sort of thing on his hand. It's very strange. Um, real quick. And then also Paladin said that uh, uh, Billy's NWA is so different. It's why all this left. And I, I mean, yeah, I think that's uh that that there is some truth to that 100 percent. and since all this has gone to impact i have not even tuned into impact at all like i have not been a regular viewer of uh that brand in god knows how long years so it's it's kind of a shame because i thought that maybe i would once i saw that he was going over there i just have not <laughs> tuned in i know and again this isn't the nick alda show but since we're talking about him i know that he started working for the hart family up in calgary and has okay. done shows with them uh, then him and uh, um, um, Conrad, along with Mickey, are supposed to be doing some something in Australia, I think, in the fall. Um, so there's already one company um, based in Australia that uh, brings in a lot of um, free agents from the United States, people who were wrestling without a contract. Uh, in the past, they've brought in Brian Cage or or uh, 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 Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, uh, Ty Valkyrie's husband. Taya Valkyrie has been a part of it. Uh, Jordan Grace has been there. Um, they, they really do bring uh, – Matt Cardona is a regular for them. They bring in a lot of big-name talent who aren't under contract to any one company and then uh, have these really big shows in Australia, which is kind of cool because it's like they, they're they getting that top-tier talent. And I just can, can only imagine that's what Nick Alder and, uh, and uh, um, Conrad are planning to do in the mm -hmm. fall. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, kind of – happens I'm, I'm 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 at the very least i'm interested to see what's gonna what's gonna take place right and then uh chris is pointing out that impact will be doing the show with opw with aldis and conrad and okay. that new japan may also be involved thanks for that info chris i did not know oh. that uh, i wouldn't it would it would make sense that they would because a lot of the impact guys are doing those shows with wsw anyways so right. it, it makes perfect sense um, let's get back to the Crockett Cup a little bit more. Um, we have a few more teams to talk about. What did you think of the pairing of Knox and Murdoch? They went from uh, rivals to buddies. Uh, it's a it's a very big Haas fight feel when you see them in the ring. Uh, you know, Murdoch's a two time world champion, a national champion, and uh, you know Knox is just kind of a you know a berserker in the NWA. What do you think of that pairing? I like it. I do like it. Uh, you know, I didn't think I would. Um, when I saw Knox was working with the NWA, I kind of cringed a little bit. But, uh, 
you know, with the, you know, he, he wasn't all that impressive when he worked WWE back in the day, but, uh, tell you the truth, like after a while him, uh, you know, maybe that's just what I needed was to, to, to watch him for a little while. And then with, uh, working with the Cardona's and his, uh, you know, his, his, uh, turn on Cardona and it just ended up working perfectly. Th- these two together, they, you know, they, uh, I think they mesh well together and end up, uh, being a good team. I agree. I, uh, I've, I followed Murdoch's career for a very long time because he kind of got started out here on the West Coast. Um, he was he wrestled actually for UPW back in the day, which if some of the listeners don't know, UPW was like a uh, it was an unofficial farm fed for the WWE. Um, like guys like John Cena and Samoa Joe all got their first initial starts uh, with UPW. That's how they got exposed to eventually WWE and ring of honor and all that other stuff. And Knox was one of those guys, the same around the same time as Nathan Jones and John Heidenreich and uh, 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 a lot of those guys. So it's kind of cool that um, for me, I just, I'm glad to see him still working. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't mean that to sound negative, but like, Hey, you're actually succeeding right now. That's awesome. That's good for you. Um, but I, like you, I was never a huge fan right. of work in the first place. Um, that brings us to the next team. Um, and I don't, they never really explained why these guys got a, an entry into the tournament, but we've got father and son, the Mortons, their official entrance. I don't know if this is because carries the junior heavyweight champion or, or what, what gives him a free pass or because, uh, maybe because of the legacy of, uh, Ricky, but, uh, there's some uh, interesting developments happening between these two that we've been witnessing on power over the last few weeks. And when folks see Kerry Morton in Australia and Kerry Morton in Mexico, it's definitely a different guy than the guy he's been on power. What do you think about uh, the Mortons in the tournament? And, and uh, what do you think about them getting a free ride into the, into the, into the tournament? Um, you know, I guess it's, uh, it's, it's professional wrestling. Nothing needs to be explained. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can just do it and the fans have to accept it. But um, Ricky's an absolute legend. I mean, he's a hell of a guy. And uh, to see him in here and teaming with his son, obviously I think that this is going to be the night that uh, there's going to be a turn. Uh, but I'm glad to see it. You know, them getting a free ride is no surprise. It's uh, Like I said, it's professional wrestling. But, yeah, man, I, I love watching Ricky. I think Kerry has been improving rapidly. Uh, still, like you said earlier, a little green, but um, he's getting better, man. And he's been defending that belt all over the place uh, outside of the NWA. And I think that's the key. Like, uh, like I even have this ready to go. He's going to be defending the title May 27th, uh, not far from where he lives. I, he, he probably gets to sleep in his own bed that night. He'll be in Kingsport uh, <laughs> Civic Auditorium taking on Sigmund somebody who's very familiar with the National Wrestling Alliance, especially that junior heavyweight titles. Sigmund battled Jason Kincaid. He battled Chase Owens. Uh, he might have even had a shot at Kevin Douglas when he was world junior heavyweight champion. So to see Sigmund get a shot at Kerry, uh, who I'm sure he watched Kerry grow up too because uh, part of that whole uh, that that Smoky Mountain innovative pro wrestling, I mean, it's, uh, Kerry Morton's been very much involved with that over the years. So it, it'll be interesting to see that matchup. But uh, you're right. He, not just innovative, but game changer wrestling and a lot of yeah. other promotions in the, in that, uh, that middle Tennessee area, that, that mid South area. But then on top of that, again, we're talking about that, that, um, world is a vampire tour. And in 15 days, he defended that title about 10 times. 
Wow. And, and you know, yeah. like that does something to a wrestler to have that kind of repetition. And then, you know, and to be in the, in the ring with some, you know, he was in the ring with some pretty good veterans in Australia. Adam Brooks is one of the guys that pops off the chart thinking, wow, that what a great match for Kerry Morton. You know, when we, we the phrase is uh, steel sharpened steel, right? Like uh, he's only getting better by having these matches with these experienced talents. You know, and I expect Sigmund to be another match where if he walks away as champion, he's going to be better for fighting Sigmund for that belt. Yeah. Um, next up, we have uh, another tag team that's uh, kind of a makeshift deal. We've got the uh, main event from 312, Chris Adonis and Tyrus. What a weird, weird way that they've built this tag team where you had Tyrus come out on TV um, and say, yeah, I'm going to be in the Crockett Cup and I have a partner to announce. And Jordan Clearwater's like, it's me. It's going to be me. And wasn't. Then a few weeks later, Tyrus back on television and announces Adonis is going to be his partner, and Adonis looks confused, shocked, and you know doesn't really understand what's going to happen. And and then they're teaming uh, on power this week to take on Blunt Force Trauma as what was called a tune-up match. Uh, what did you think of that of this tag team pairing? We'll talk more about the match in a little bit. I really like uh, Chris Adonis. He's become a uh, very important part over the last couple of years since his arrival in the uh, NWA. I feel um, they're. You know, what was he part of a strictly business in the beginning when he first yeah. came in? And, you know, um, them teaming up together, I think it's just another chapter in his career here in the NWA, whether they're the ones that win it or not. Uh, just mean that, uh, what's his name? Tyrus is going to wrestle twice this weekend. Yeah. Uh, or several times, you know, um, maybe possibly in that one night, but we'll have to see. You know, I'm, uh, I'm interested in seeing what happens here. Well, I mean, and again, we'll talk more about it later, but if they use him in a similar fashion that did on power, I mean, it could work. Um, what I also liked about, uh, what I like about the pairing is it puts Adonis, it, it elevates him by, by Tyrus putting him over. Yeah, he's hanging like, with the champ. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. Feel free to step all over me because I sometimes step all over everyone else. It's, we're, we're, we don't have decorum here on the show. You just blurt out whatever you want. Um, Adonis is a guy, and we were actually discussing this on the Discord earlier today. Gary Horn and I were kind of going back and forth. And Adonis is a guy that I think now is the time. I think now is the time for Adonis to get a shot at that world title. In fact, I I could make the case that three one two would have been the time to put the belt on him, especially right. if you could have had Adonis take the title to Australia for wrestling ten matches in fifteen days to making those title defenses international. Didn't happen, but that's okay. I still feel like his promos have improved quite a bit. Is he the mm -hmm. best guy? The best guy on the mic? No. But they have improved. I don't think he's looked any better than he does right now. I think he looks as good or better than he did when he was in the WWE. And his 100%. Wrestling, his wrestling has 100% improved. He's not a one-trick pony anymore. When you go and watch him wrestle, he has entertaining matches. And, that, and that's whether it's in the NWA or outside of the NWA. I've seen him have matches with Jordan Clearwater, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Almost a different animal, but still very competitive and very athletic. And, and it's not... It's not just a body guy, you know, not just in there doing shoulder tackles and uppercuts. He actually can get in there and have a, a good wrestling match. So uh, I don't know. I'm 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 not sure what we're gonna get from them at the Crockett Cup, but I 
anytime we can put a spotlight on Adonis, I think I'm for it. Yeah, I think he could be a very intricate part of the NWA going forward as far as, uh, you know, being in that title picture. And this this is this week, that weekend can be the start of it uh, with them teaming up, you know, uh, possibly a split. And, you know, I'm just guessing here. I'm just uh, fantasy booking, if you will. But, you know, it could just uh, he could be a, a star for the NWA possible champion. Um, yeah, I do agree with you on that. And I feel like, um, what a great place to be, right? Because what? if you, if you had asked me a year ago, who, who's the number one contender for the world title, I would have given you the answer. Well, you've got the national champion who, uh, let's say, uh, a year ago was probably Scion at that point. It was either Scion was it or, uh, it was either Scion or, or, um, uh, Jack Right. Yep. And, and let's say it was Jack Stane, somebody who I think could definitely uh, be a world champion contender again. Your television champion was Tyrus. Mm-hmm. So we had those two guys. And then when you looked up and down the roster, you're like, well, who else? Is Tom Latimer a threat to the title? Not a year ago. Right. Was Chris Adonis a threat to the world title? Not a year ago. They weren't built up to be in that position. Um, and, and then you looked at the, who else was on the roster, Matt Cardona, Nick Aldis, uh, kind of the same old, same old. Uh, but now you look at the roster, and, and despite that Jack Stane is in a tag team, so we'll, we'll leave him out of the equation, uh, you still have Trevor Murdoch, who at any point could be back in title contention. You've got uh, Tom Latimer, who is inching ever so closer to that title. you got EC3, your national champion, who's inching ever closer to that title. You got Adonis who looks great. Who's uh, had a, you know, he, I don't want to say that he lost that match. I mean, he lost the match, but uh, it, it could have gone the other way very easily at three, one, two. There's five guys that could make a, a legitimate challenge to Tyrus in the 10 pounds of gold. I don't think we've had that in a long time. Yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, like I said earlier, it was kind of a lackluster year with a yeah. lot of the talent that were there. And we, I think that, uh, especially with all this leaving, I don't know if he was just, uh, you know, uh, guess, playing a guessing game, kind of like, let me just throw this guy in here just to see how that sticks because he didn't know what to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the other two tag teams in the tournament. And, uh, you know, these are legitimate buy-ins. I have no problem with these guys getting buys into the tournament. You've got the, the country gents. You got to be careful the way you say that name because it could be uh, get demonetized very quickly. Those are your U.S. tag team champions, and then uh, obviously your world champions, La Rebellion, who have now defended those titles in Europe, in Australia, and in Mexico, and all over the United States. Um, probably the best tag team in the NWA as of right now, but obviously Crockett Cup might tell us something different. How are you feeling about just? On the teams that we see now, how do you feel about the Crockett Cup? And do you have any clear-cut winner, anybody that stands above the rest? Well, out of these teams, to be honest, what did I say before? Um, I have no clue. Maybe Knox and uh, Murdoch out of these teams. That's really the the only team that I can go with. But, I mean, Country Gents, no. Uh, What's the other team you just mentioned? Love Rebellion. I don't think so. But, you know, I think that uh, – I think it's it, out of these now before uh, it's going to be Knox and Murdoch. That's just my opinion. I think uh, it's funny you say 
as of now, I think now is another team that's supposed to be. Oh, uh, they're uh, well. It hasn't yeah. been announced yet, but I think they will be in the spoiler tournament. alert. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's not spoiler. It's foreshadowing. It's predicting. It's reading the tea leaves. I, I know was, another team. Uh, I know another team that'll be entered, uh, even though they were eliminated already. So I, I think I know which team you're talking about. I heard it from the man himself. So. <laughs> we won't mention it. We'll just let you know things fix themselves. You know. Um, what about outside of the NWA? Like you had mentioned, you you kind of was hoping that there would be another team or teams uh, not associated with the NWA. What team do you foresee being a part of this tournament? Or if you know, would you like to see in it, I guess? I, I wouldn't say foresee, but, you know, obviously I always think of other teams that uh, should be brought in. And, you know, out of, uh, like I said, what happens if they actually, if Billy laid out the money to bring in FTR? You know, which obviously I don't think will happen. I think that everybody, I think NWA fan would be absolutely be happy and um in the comments actually uh uh matthew put uh the billington bulldogs which i think that that tag team would be th the addition of them would be awesome i think um what about the von erics that's another team that uh that would be great to come in chris drummond says the headbangers former nwa world tag team champions the headbangers i just saw them wrestle the now last weekend uh how, how they the headbang. <laughs> Thrasher and Mosher, right? How they look? They look. It was them, uh, the now, and the powers of pain in a three-way. So I swear to God. <laughs> no, I believe you. I did not know that the powers of pain were still teaming. I heard Warlord looks great. I haven't seen Barbarian yeah. in a while. No, uh, it was um, it was part of Tommy Fierro's uh, '80s wrestling con. So he had like uh, three shows uh, back to back, and uh, and uh, yeah, what, what the first show was mostly like uh, Northeast talent, and then the second one was headbang, you know, had the headbangers and powers of pain in the now, and it was um, it's quite interesting. Headbangers, they didn't look too bad though. Did you get to see Dave LaGreca? <laughs> no, I, I saw him, uh, did see him off to the side. I did see my buddy, was uh, a good friend of mine, was uh, snapping pictures ringside. So, oh, cool, man, yeah, yep. Uh, oh, Matthew Underwood brought up another good one, although I don't think you'll see him, the Motor City Machine Guns. That would uh, be fantastic. Yeah, I'd love it, but I, you know, I don't know what their contract's like in, uh, with, uh, they're still with Impact, right? Yeah, let me throw another one out yeah. for you that no one's mentioned, the Hardy Boys. Anything's possible. I, I mean, mean as, much as, as much as FTR could be, could happen, I mean, yeah. the Hardy Boys are a team that uh, they could still have good matches yeah um, you know i i've i've said stuff like uh the dudley boys but i also know that realistically devon probably can't step back into the ring again if he could I, oh man i would love to see them just because this is supposed to be the tag team tournament where you feature the, the greatest tag teams of all time right um you know this is supposed to this tournament more so than any other tag team tournament is supposed to show showcase the best now mm -hmm. it's cool that Triple A sending talent, but like this isn't their tag team champions, right? You know, uh, we're not seeing the top tier tag teams in the world. So if Billy were able to say, "Hey guys, I want the best," so let's go get the Hardy Boys, let's go get the Dudley Boys. You know, they obviously can't get Edge and Christian, but we can get some of these tag teams, solid tag teams from the past who can still wrestle. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. That's actually another one. Matt brings up uh, Brock and Pillman Jr. The was it? What do they call him? Varsity, whatever. Varsity. Um, yeah. Well, no, yeah. no. They a uh, Garrison. 
Or oh, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry. My bad. You're right. Garrison yeah. and Pillman were the varsity yep. blondes. But my bad. Rock and Pillman, I think. I Do they have a name? No. Yeah. No, but that could be a good tag team. I just realized what I was saying. But yeah, Brock and Pillman could be a good team. Uh, oh, Chris Drummond brings up a good point. Dragon Lee did get signed by WWE, so they don't have tag team champions. Oh, yeah, there you go. That that you are correct. That's a good point, Chris. Um, it'd be kind of cool if, uh, you know, it'd be cool if they did have uh, some more representation. Obviously, I'm a big United Wrestling Network guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think about guys like. Um, uh, Midnight Heat, former tag champions, the Bodega, former tag champions, uh, yeah. Reno Scum, the Wolf Zaddies, or a version of TMDK, which is uh, uh, Shane Haste and uh, and uh, Bad Dude Tito. I mean, there is a lot of cool teams that I still think that they could put into this tournament. I just don't know that. I don't know that Billy wants to work with United. Uh, probably not. I don't think so. I think that that's. Uh... I think that's what that's where some of his downfall is. If you you know you ask me, I think that uh, Mr. Marquez is a very smart guy and knows how to produce a very good wrestling show. Obviously, you can watch his shows each and every week on television, and you'll find that out. They look slick and they are very good shows. And well polished, very professional looking. Absolutely, and there's a certain charm that Mr. Marquez has when he's on camera. <laughs> and, this, <laughs> and this bastard knows it too. You know what I mean? Like he knows it. And yeah. he, he purposely he's, he's taken himself off camera in Hollywood. Um, he was he he tried to remove himself off camera uh, for most shows. In fact, when he came back to or when he started with the NWA when Power started, they had to talk him back into that role. And it's yeah. like crazy because you were built for that role, Dave. But then, I loved it. Yeah. Then the flip side though is when you watch him in the back, and I, I know not everyone has an opportunity to do this. I have. I've got to watch him direct the show live and him calling the cameras it's almost like uh, like he's got like a fifth sense or, or a sixth sense excuse me yeah. yeah he's got like a sixth sense about it like he knows exactly where to go and obviously the cameras are trying to capture that moment but he almost sees it before they do and he's like mm-hmm. okay camera one go 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 camera three and and to see that live it's just like wow dude you're mm-hmm. so good at that no wonder like your shows look good yeah, very good producer, and uh, you know I'm a big fan of his work. So, uh, not that we know anything, but uh, Luthez says that he'd like to see the Dawsons versus the Fixers with slap heavy slabs of meat. Actually, somebody else said that recently, the Dawsons. But uh, I'd love to that, see the Fixers come in, you know. But uh, my guy Wrecking Ball, I'd love to see that happen. Dave Scooby says maybe it was uh, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Dave Scooby brought it up. Matthew Underwood uh, followed it. Um, Chris Drummond brings up a point. Uh, the tag champions to all the promotions on Fight Plus. So we're talking like the C, uh, uh, Game Changer. We're talking about, uh, I guess, MLW at that point, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate that idea either uh, because it is a per, uh, pay-per-view that's being, like, produced. Not produced. That's being aired on Fight. Right. So, I mean, that would be kind of interesting. I mean, I guess if a fight's willing to kick some bones, the uh, NWA's way to feature these tag teams, I mean, why the heck not? But um, yeah, yeah, I think the Crockett Cup is going to be fairly exciting, um, more so than three one two. I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, I I got to attend the last two Crockett Cups. Uh, I won't be at this one. It'll be the first one I've missed in the Lightning One era, but. Uh, that's because I'm planning to be at the 75th anniversary show, so I will be watching it on uh, on on fight like everyone else, and uh, I think it's going to be a good show. I still I still feel like uh, 
I'm excited to see it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, like I said, I always uh, look forward to their uh, pay-per-views, whether they look good or not, because it's something that I, the NWA, I love that the NWA always have. And uh, no matter what, different uh, iterations over the decades, uh, but I've always stuck with those three letters and God knows what's going to happen, but uh, it could be very good. I mean, on paper, it looks like a pretty damn good show, pardon my language, but uh it, uh, it does look like a good show, so we'll have to see. I think, uh, you know, this, there's been maybe two pay-per-views uh, in the Lightning One era that I did not enjoy, and that was Back for the Attack, uh, the one back yeah. from COVID. That was, yeah. a, that, was a, that was a that was a stinker. And then the 312, yeah. it just didn't have the juice to get me excited at all for that one. But every other pay-per-view I've been happy with. Yeah. Maybe I expected more than the, what they could possibly deliver, but it was still an enjoyable pay-per-view. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm talking about enough said. I'm talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, always ready. Every hard time pay-per-view has been good. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, you know, and then the anniversary shows, I think have always been very, very well done. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Those are usually my favorite. Cause it's like, uh, I don't want to compare it to, but the, their mania, so to speak, it's their biggest yeah. show of the year where they, they put their all into it. It's not, might not always deliver, but it's, it's pretty damn good show, you know? And I'm throwing it out there in case you were thinking about it. Your boy Jay is going to be at the 75th anniversary show come hell or high water. I've made it perfectly clear. So <laughs> if you're coming, let me know first beers on me and uh, we'll go get some, uh, some St. Louis style ribs or something. And and everyone in here who's in the chat right now, I, you know that that goes for you too. If you guys are going to be in St. Louis for the seventy fifth, let's meet up. Let's uh, let's throw on our alliance gear and and have a meal before the show or something, and let's hang out. Uh, Chris Drummond brings up the West Coast Wrecking Crew from New Japan Strong. Absolutely, man. I mean, I think the crazy thing to me about that is, uh, you know, Royce Isaacs didn't leave on bad terms. Um, he just didn't want to. He didn't want to sign with the NWA uh, when they were on uh, COVID. So right. he didn't. I don't, you know, I, I think them bringing them back, uh, bringing Royce and uh, his tag team partner uh, to the NWA, I don't think it'd be an issue, but who knows? You know, Billy is a rock star, and uh, if he was normal, he probably wouldn't be as famous as he is. So, uh, yeah, I love uh, Royce, and I think that uh, him leaving was kind of uh, somewhat disappointing in a way yeah. for me. You know, because I, I thought that, I mean, I guess, was it during the pandemic or, or after? It, it was um, basically they had lost the tag titles. Right. Um, they were kind of not sure what to do with Royce and, and Tom at the time. Uh, I felt like the contract was up and he just was like, yeah, I'm not going to resign. And then COVID happened. Right. So I think it, I think it was, I think it would have been gone either way, but I think, uh, he wasn't uh he wasn't really happy with what was happening anyway so right. i've seen him since you know still uh doing very good out there i think yeah i think he would if he if he wanted to come back to the nwa i think he would be a welcomed addition let's talk about uh this week's power all right uh, gonna, i ahead. do have to wrap it up in a little bit i'm sorry to to inform you though uh unfortunately how much time do we have? Probably a few minutes. I mean, not a few minutes, but you know, uh, okay. we can keep going for a few for a little bit. If we, uh, as let's... soon as you need to bail, you just say, "Hey, I'm going to bail," and and then yep. it'll be the J Cal show. Um, <laughs> so, 
obviously this was a different show. I, I really felt like after the three one two pay per view, all these uh, episodes of Power have been really really solid. This one, uh, I, I'm not. I wasn't super happy with it. I, in fact, if I had given every show before this an A or a B, this would definitely be a C in my okay. mind. Um, overall, I, I there was some decent wrestling. But things just felt a little off to me. Uh, what did you think about this show in general? It was okay. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, there's been a lot of weeks where I just literally put it on and it's just background noise in a way. This one I actually sat through and paid attention for the most part. I didn't hate it. I liked some of the, uh, some of the matches. And I think that, uh, you know, before we went on air, I told you what I didn't like out of the show. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, it was okay. <laughs> We're gonna bring Jaden on. He just, like I said, he just sure? show up whenever he feels like it. Hey, Jaden, what's going on? We're gonna talk a little bit of power. If you want to hang out with us, awesome. I apologize, I was late. I had, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to the link to get to the um, to this program because I was basically getting no reception oh. where I was. Well, I'm glad you're here now. Um, the show kicks off. Uh, w- which I do appreciate when they start off with wrestling. You know, the marquee says National Wrestling Alliance. And so when it's not talking, I'm always for that. So we get we start off with action. We've got a title uh, title defense for Tom Latimer. Uh, EC3 is looking to go the way of Jack Stane by getting two titles. Hasn't been done since, uh, since Jax did it. Um, this is the fifth time that Tom and, and EC3 have shared the ring with each other might be the most history between two opponents in the NWA, even in such a short amount of time. Uh, this is the first time they wrestled for a championship. I feel like what hurt this match is there was a lack of urgency by EC3. If he really wanted to win this title, he certainly didn't look like it in the ring. He seemed almost unmotivated at times and, and was very happy just to go back and forth with the crowd or with Tom. Um, in fact, the match really didn't pick up until the 222 mark, and that's where they really went balls to the walls, and I kind of wish they'd have done that from jump point. Um, it was a, basically a, a, a draw even before the time limit expired. These guys went back and forth in the ring, and the match essentially was over after that double clothesline where they both struggled to get back up to their feet. Uh, and then as soon as they did, they just swung at each other a few times before the bell rung for the 605 limit. Another prime example why that 605 limit just doesn't work. They need to go to a 10-minute time limit. What did you think about this match, Rick? It was Okay. It was very good, I thought, uh, in a way, you know. Uh, but like you said, there was a lot of stalling in the beginning. Uh, but uh, this, these two performers, I think that, uh, or should, should I just say wrestlers? I don't like putting the performer tag on them. But they're very good at what they do, these two guys. And putting them in the, in the ring against each other, you know you're bound to just to have a great match. And, and this was no uh, failure. Uh, but like I said, uh, off air, the um, 605 time limit just does not work for me. Uh, you know, it's just, it just doesn't work, you know, watching, like I said earlier, uh, growing, watch, growing up, watching, you know, wrestling for a TV title, there's always a 10 minute time limit. It gave a little bit more for, for time for action or whether it be a time limit drawer. I don't necessarily uh, hate the ruling that, you know, you defend a certain amount of time successfully and then you get a, a title shot. But this one thing, it, that's the one thing that irked me was that, cause there's, you're just, uh, you're basically asking for a draw each and every time, if you ask me. And with a draw in and of itself essentially means that uh, Tom 
secured a, a, another victory yeah. for the lucky seven. Uh, he wanted to keep going. Um, Billy said no, and that was it. And that's fine. Uh, yeah. Again, um, I it, still it just adds more drama to the story with him saying no. I think. Yeah, I, I think if we would have got a uh, a ten minute time limit and still had the same conclusion, I would have felt more satisfied. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I, I just don't like the ten minute time limit. And it go of course both guys still look strong. Uh, obviously, a victory for EC3 would have spelled disaster for Tom because he'd lost the title, and then you got uh, EC3 with two titles, which doesn't make sense. Then, if Tom would have won and had uh, you know beaten the national champion, I think he uh, leapfrogs uh, the standings where, with EC3 because you know you still have to look at a number one's contenders, and if uh, if your your uh, secondary title beats your number one contender title, I mean, it just kind of messes up the math anyway. So uh, it's a weird booking. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't hate it, and the ending I think was the only reasonable outcome that you could have with a match like that. Right. Yep. Uh, moving on to the next one, uh, we got Yabo versus Ricky. Um, you and I both have the same feelings about this. <laughs> this guy Yabo the clown looks to me like he should be at the gathering of the Juggalos. Like a, I don't need an <laughs> ICP type wrestler in the NWA, and I know Robert Anthony is huge on this guy. And the pipeline from Chicago goes through Robert Anthony. He's responsible for helping get Joe Alonzo Misa Kate deals in the NWA. But yep. I just I have no desire to see this guy. I his gimmick is is I mean it's interesting to look at, but we've already got a magician who's pulling tricks in the ring. Why do we need a clown doing the same thing? Um we don't need all that extra stuff like Yabo, like the, a clown, like you said, what was it? A magician, a yeah. gimp. You know my thoughts on that. The gimp. I've, I've been very guy. We got all yeah. this fun stuff. We already yeah. have a clown yeah. booking. Why do we need a clown in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Jake. Um, this one was a uh, just, I guess, a way to get a, a cheap victory for Yabo after um, you know trying to distract Ricky with a balloon. Which when did that ever distract anybody? Um, and then and then he pulls out like a string as a like a scarf as a weapon and uses it to blind uh, uh, Ricky Morton and the referee does nothing doesn't even like uh, threaten to disqualify him he just kind of hey 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 you can't do that like, yeah if it would have been anyone else I think that'd have been a disqualification but they just let it go um, y'all that's, get- sorry go ahead, go ahead. No, that's my can- problem with uh, professional wrestling today as a whole is that uh, the rest- referees tend to not or or there's no rules to an extent, you know what I mean? Where referees will just let stuff go left and right. It happens all the time on WWE TV where weapons of all sorts are just uh, be able to use in a normal match. And it kind of, and it takes away the mystique. Like if you're going to yes. have a match that's like a no rules match, then do it and bill it as such and let us get excited about that. But if it becomes happenstance and commonplace, then it, it's no longer interesting. Uh, Jeremy doesn't like clowns. No, like Jeremy hates clowns, so no, he's not interesting to look at. He's an effing clown, and they shouldn't exist. Um, all right, I have to uh, bow out now. So, all right, brother, I uh, thank you, Jaden. You're taking me, taking over for me. Thank you. All right, <laughs> so, Rick. Okay. And, and again, uh, real quick, uh, pro wrestling zone, where can they follow you? You can follow me on YouTube, uh, we're everywhere. Po- um, Twitter, you can follow the PWZ podcast on Twitter, please. I'm trying to get those subscribers up uh, or followers. And also you can check out our YouTube. Uh, we're on the road to 3000 uh, and uh, we're on there. We're getting there and appreciate it. Check out all our uh, uh, interviews coming up. We got downtown Denny Brown, uh, legend in the sport of professional wrestling. Uh, uh, John Arezzi, who was uh, 
you know, if you know wrestling history, you'll know who that guy is. And uh, we've got a lot of really interesting stuff coming up uh, in the next few weeks. So uh, keep an eye out. Thank you for uh, J-Cal for this opportunity to be here. And I look forward to doing it again sometime. Absolutely, man. Uh, you're, you're now in the bullpen, so we'll give you uh, give you a call when we need a, a, you to fill in for uh, someone on the bench. But uh, you have a good one, man. Again, thanks for your time. Thank you. That is Rick Del Santo, if you need him, uh, friend of the show. And now, I mean, this is a little bit different because this is the Alliance Guys podcast, but uh, it's J-Cal. It, this is almost like a pre-party. So we're going to talk a little bit more, and I guess I get to do a lot more talking. Hopefully uh, our pal uh, Jaden will jump back on, but if not, that's okay. I don't mind talking. Uh, I will say this, though. The show ain't going to go to seven and, uh, 7.30 tonight. Um, so next up, uh, well, let's finish talking about Yabo the Clown. I, I know, sorry, uh, Jeremy. Uh, I know you don't want to talk about this guy, but um, again, he should have been disqualified for the whole scarf thing or whatever you want to call that. Uh, he, he, to, to retaliate from the balloon trick, Ricky stomps his foot, which really pisses the clown off. At one point, Tim Storm says on commentary, well, Ricky can't hit him back. And deals goes, why not? And, and Tim's answer was, well, cause that's Ricky Morton. When did it become a crime to stand up for yourself? When did it become a crime to uh, to fight back? Uh, I, I just that didn't make any sense to me. And then, of course, this the whole point of this match was to give a Yabo a, a, a cheap W, and he did so in the most uh, you know nefarious way by having both feet on the uh, on the ropes, getting that stealing that one two three. The interesting part is after that match, Kerry comes out and looks down upon his father almost disrespecting him because he lost to the clown. And, you know, again, going back to Kerry Morton, and I, I still think I have the video up here. I hope I do because it's fun. Uh, you know, he was, this is a different years of watching Ricky Morton wrestle. And I mean, I'm going back to, you know, I, in 1986, gosh, I was eight years old. So I, I, I do remember watching Ricky and Robert back in 86. I never once saw Ricky Morton flip off the crowd, even when he was a heel, right? York foundation. I never saw Ricky Morton flip off the crowd. I never saw uh, the, uh, the NWA invasion flip off the crowd with uh, Jim Cornette and, and uh, you know, Dennis Corluzzo. They never were flipping off the audience. And Chulado, uh, I don't know how to say that. I always thought they were saying puto at first. And I know that can get me demonetized too. So we'll just uh, not say that anymore. But um, it, it, obviously we're heading to a Kerry Morton, Ricky Morton showdown. And it's kind of, all right, let's, let's, let's be honest. Rick, 
Rick Del Santo's a great guy. I love Rick. He likes Ricky Morton a lot more than I do. Ricky Morton is a guy who I feel like should have left the business a long time ago. Kularo. Kularo. That'll get me demonetized too, won't it, Lou? Um, I think Ricky should have left the business a long time ago. And I know we celebrated that tag team win in 2019. But that, like, to me, that should have been it. He wrestled and won the junior heavyweight title, I want to say, back in like 20... Gosh, it had to be like 2012, 2011. And, uh, you know, when he won the title, he, who did he beat? Chase Owens. Uh, basically somebody who was like a son to him. You know, if you ask Chase Owens about Ricky Morton, he has nothing but the most utmost respect for Chase, uh, for Ricky Morton. Helped train him, break him into this business, took him on the road, you know, gave him that, uh, that old school upbringing when it comes to pro wrestling. And I think, you know, if, if he could take the title from his adopted son in the world of professional wrestling, what's going to prevent Ricky from challenging his his son for that junior heavyweight title when things go awry at 312? I'm afraid, gentlemen, that the 75th anniversary won't be Kerry Morton versus Joe Alonzo or, or Kerry Morton versus Colby Carino or even Kerry Morton versus Homicide. Gentlemen, I'm afraid... Now, it's going to be the battle of the Mortons, father versus son, Ricky versus Carrie for the junior heavyweight championship. And I'm not okay with that. I don't want to see that. Do you want to see Ricky versus Carrie? Sound off in the chat. Matthew Underwood says, Jay, he brings cachet to the brand. He needs to be involved. Booth, Booker, manager, all of these things are great. Matt, I got no problem with with Ricky Morton as the ambassador for the NWA. You couldn't ask for a better dude. His legacy, he's one of those guys that stood in the ring and challenged Ric Flair for the 10 pounds of gold night in and night out. He wrestled the Midnight Express for those tag team titles. Like we mentioned, he was he was uh you know wrestled all over the country representing the NWA. Won those titles, I think like eight times in like Many, many different eras. I mean, we're talking the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, the 2019s. So, I mean, we're talking about four decades of junior or of tag team excellence. But do we need him to challenge for the junior heavyweight championship today? God, I hope not. But I'm, I, I think it's coming. Now, you guys are asking me uh, what the weight limit for the junior heavyweight title is. And I believe the answer is 225. Real quick. Give me just a minute. I want to see if cage match gives us an idea of how heavy Ricky Morton is. Could he be uh, fit that weight limit? I mean, he was in like a 2014 says that he weighs 227 on cage match. Now, I don't know how hundred percent accurate that is, but that's what cage match lists him at. Ricky out cold in a pool of blood. I mean, do you want to see that though too, Lou? Like, do you want to see him get beat up and left for dead? What if that's a okay? Okay. Full disclosure: if this is the genesis that launches the Southern Six in the NWA, then I might be about it. I might be about it. But I again, I'm just gentlemen, any ladies, if you're watching. Do you want to see Ricky versus Carrie at uh the 75th anniversary show? Sound off in the chat. Yay or nay? 
if you're watching this after the fact, if you're not watching live with us, put a comment right now. Do you want to see Ricky versus Carrie at uh, at uh, the 75th anniversary show? They're going to be teaming up at the Crockett Cup. I can't stop it. I can't stop. Uh, Matthew Underwood wants to know what the Southern Six is. Oh, man, you Matthew, you should be watching the show weekly, bro. We've been going over the Southern Six. I'll get to it, though. No problem, Matt. I will update you in just a minute. But I want to finish this thought. Please let me know if you guys want to see a Ricky versus Kerry NWA 75th anniversary show for the World Junior Heavyweight title. Just yes or no. Uh, Jaden with tech issues is here. What's up, Jaden? Hey, I'm having tech issues. <laughs> uh, Luthez says yes. So much, uh, very, very much so heat. Um, championship uh, wrestling from Jeremy says, I don't want to see Ricky wrestling anymore. Honestly, same. Uh, and then Matthew Underwood says, Carrie, gentlemen, Silas, Trevor. Uh, that might end up being who the, the, the Southern Six is eventually. Um, but real quick, I'll give Matthew the, the background. The, uh, the, the Southern Six kind of formed uh, while in Australia. It was the hashtag that the, uh, the four, yes, the two is silent apparently in six. Um, that's, that was their catchphrase, not mine. You had uh, Silas Mason, Alex Taylor, uh, and you also had Kerry Morton along with your women's television champion, um, Kenzie Page. And they were representing themselves as the Southern Six. In fact, uh, at least four of them, uh, or at least three of them, got tattoos with the number six on it, indicating that's their uh, their gang affiliation, I guess. Now, three sixes? Uh, no, just just one. But I guess there are three of them. So take yeah, three one. sixes. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, uh, the uh, there are rumored to be other members. Um, you know, Jeremiah Plunkett would not confirm nor deny that he uh, would be a part of this group if it happened. But uh, my gut tells me he would be, um, and that would bring you up to five. If uh, if uh, you know if Thrill Billy's in the group, you'd have to imagine Poyo would be a part of the group. There's your six. Um, so there you well, go. Well, he got the sinister six. Who ends up being Spider Man? <laughs> uh, Ricky Morton, apparently. Um, I said Spider Man, not J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> you bring me pictures of that Spider-Man, of that Carrie Morton. Um, Luthes says, Ricky versus Carrie. Colby comes out and helps stomp out the old turd. Oh, shh. I mean, we do know, right? We do know that... Uh, we know that um, Colby's deal with the WWE never really got finalized because of the hiring freeze. So we do know that... Colby Carino is a free agent. Somebody that you're quite familiar with, uh, Jade. You get you got to watch him wrestle as a kid. In fact, he wrestled as a kid at one of your shows, didn't he? Well, I don't run shows. Events. Doctor Deconium does, and he runs events. No, no, no. Uh, it wasn't your. Sh it wasn't your event. It was a Force One show. No, it was a dog event. Oh, it was a dog event. Damn. Yeah. And that was Doctor Zirconium's. And either way, Force One wasn't mine either. No, I know it wasn't yours, but that's why I said they can get away with using the phrase show. If it was Force One, they never never had that stick about the event. That's because they ran shows, not events. That's what I said. Uh, that's why they couldn't run events, because they don't run events. They ran shows. That's, that's right. why they ran shows, because they couldn't run events, because they didn't run events. Who's on first? 
this is, feels very Bobby the Brain Heenan esque. Um, Luthez uh, brings up that the Southern Six, that six puck, could be their Emperor Palpatine. I don't know, man. I, I know that he has some health issues, but Sean Waltman is a guy that I, I wouldn't hate to see wrestle one more time. Um, he 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 always had a bad rap. I thought Waltman. Um, Matthew Underwood says Ricky Morton's last match should be a big deal. I mean, yeah, I mean, we recently had Ricky, uh, Rick, uh, Rick Flair's last match and I still haven't brought myself to watch it. I don't think I ever will. Um, I'm not a big steamboat had his last match too. Oh, he did. That's right. That's right. That's probably why my mind wanted to just call him Ricky Flair. Uh, all the Ricks should have final matches. Apparently, is Rick Steiner going to get a match? Probably not. Um. So yeah, okay. Well, let's move on. We'll we'll finish talking about power, and then we'll just have some conversations. Willie Bowen says the makeshift tag team of Harry Smith and Hammerstone. I don't hate that at all. What do you think about that one? Well, I don't know. I'm still trying to think what uh, Rick Steiner's last match would be. Maybe it'll be against Gunner with uh, Drake Wirtz as the referee. Oh, my God. That certainly would make America great again. Uh, the Skull Crushers. Willie, really, I don't think the Skull Crushers are wrestling anymore. Um, I think they kind of hung it up, but uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> Eddie Gilbert wasn't great until he took out his old man. Kerry has to do it. All right. You know what, Lou, you're starting to win me over on this leaving uh, Ricky in a bloody mess, but uh, I don't know if the NWA is ready for that. And if it leads, so help me God, if it leads to them fighting at the 75th anniversary show, I'm going to blame you. I'm going to blame you, Luthez. All right. I don't know, though. It sounds the thought of Kerry Morton beating the crap out of his father does seem something that's appealing. (laughs) I mean, sure, but. Jaden, you know this booking office as much as I do. And when they have an opportunity to do something stupid, they do it. Are you prepared to have Ricky Morton one last time as junior heavyweight champion? Is that something you're going to be comfortable with? I'm sure Kevin Douglas will love it. Kevin Douglas will probably, his, his brain will just erupt out of his head and leak out his ear. I mean, I, I don't know that he'll be okay. I All mean, right. there, is there worse options? Not many, but there are a few. Is there better options? Like a whole bunch. Well, like, if it's if it's a fight between father and son, it shouldn't be for a championship. That should be just personal issues. But uh, again, you know Ricky Morton, right? And and this, I think you missed this because I think you had tech issues. But uh, I brought up the point that. Uh, before we saw Kerry Morton introduced to the world as Ricky's son and introduced into the NWA, who is the talent that you most closely associated with in a father-son relationship with Ricky Morton? Uh, oh, I would have said um, Paul Morton, his father. Oh, okay. Well, I was <clears> going to say Chase Chase Owens and, and, and Ricky Morton kind of had that dynamic of a father-son relationship. And, uh, you know, when push came to shove, Ricky had no problem wrestling his adopted wrestling son for that junior heavyweight title. And when he won that belt, you know, Kevin Douglas nearly destroyed half of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth in his rage. 
Um, and DKM, brother, you could jump on anytime you want. Um, but yeah, I, I just I'm just afraid that if it does, if if there if there's a match to be had, Carrie, you know, Ricky's gonna insist that that title be on the line. And if Carrie's unsuccessful, Ricky wins that title in 2023, your world junior heavyweight champion at age 66. And even by then he might be 67. I don't know that I'm ready for that. And that's very much like a CMLL thing, right? Like what's next? They're going to bring uh, blue Panther in to wrestle Ricky Morton for the junior heavyweight title. I'm not about that guys. Not about, no, that. uh, they should bring in, um, uh, uh, what was his name? Mike Jackson. Oh, the, the forgotten Mike Jackson brother. The Action old buck. Yeah. You know, Tommy Dreamer put him over recently on Impact, and again, like I get it, the guy's still in great shape, and but at some point, man, I don't want to see you in the ring. Am I an ageist? Maybe. But how the hell is Ricky? Ricky Morton's been wrestling my entire life. How is he only sixty-six? Well, you're only forty-five. I'll be forty-five in November, sir. Thank you. Well, then you're only 44 until November. He's been That's wrestling since he was, I think he has been wrestling since he was a teenager. I, and I don't mean 18. You might be right about that. Uh, next up, we have May Valentine in the back with Aaron Stevens. I still kind of enjoy that they, they bring up the whole like a failed uh, marriage between the two, like not a failed marriage, a failed wedding, I guess I should say the failed relationship. Uh, I like how May gets really defensive and bitter but then, like, in this part where she was, like, looking for credit, if you will, from Aaron Stevens, uh, saying that is she is she the reason why Aaron Stevens became a manager and why he's successful? And, and Stevens says something about, you know, if you're going to bring up credit, why don't you pay those credit card bills that are late that were in your name and the joint bank accounts? And it's just yeah, – it's funny back and forth. I, you know, it, it doesn't sell the show or anything, but it's just kind of fun for the audience if you've been paying attention. Uh, but basically, Stevens uses a lot of words to say nothing. He talks about how great both uh, his members of blunt force trauma are carnage and damage. And, uh, you know, they are very talented tag team. We just haven't seen them in a, on a winning streak or anything that makes me convinced that they're going to start winning matches anytime soon. That they This is Doom if you did everything wrong with Doom. Well, they kind of did, if you forget. The Doom, when they had the mask, weren't actually winning a lot they were more like jobbing to the steiners they weren't really winning a lot until they teddy long took them over and they took the masks off actually they lost the masks and then teddy long took them over well so they're probably stealing that idea but not doing it correctly well yeah and uh, and and so that's uh the matchup that we're getting tonight is uh going to be um are you going to be upset when blunt force trauma take their mask off and it's ron simmons and butch reed no, in fact, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to change my battery real quick before it dies on me, so pardon me for just one second. The screen is black, but your voice, my voice is still here. I'm still here, guys. Um, well, Jay, you know, once you go black, you can never go back. That's what I've heard. I'll let you know if it ever happens for me. Error, shutter. Yeah. How about now? I shutter to see when the uh, camera comes back. Hey, there he is. I know that guy. Um, so yeah, uh, so so that was a nice little promo uh, to get the you know 
anticipate the match coming back. Um, Matthew Underwood says, yeah, but he's so good on the mic. I, I don't argue with that, by the way. I really think Aaron Stevens is great on the mic. I kind of wish she was more of an active competitor in the ring as opposed to uh, a manager. And there are certain elements about him that I think could work very well. Like, you know, it's very much like, um, oh, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank now, but Jaden, you know, the uh, Paul Ellering. Uh, Paul Ellering um, probably could have still wrestled while he was managing the NWA. Uh, excuse me, managing the uh, Road Warriors in the NWA. Um, but he hung it up to be the mouthpiece of Road Warrior Hawk and Road Warrior Animal. Uh, do you feel like Stevens and Paul Ellering is an apt comparison, or do you think that that's uh, selling one of them short? Paul Ellering, unfortunately, had incredibly bad knees, and that kind of ended his career earlier. Okay. He actually was still kind of managing when it was Hawk, Animal, Jake Roberts, and King Kong Bundy as the Legion of Doom. Well, again, his knee injuries. Don't forget about the spoiler. The spoiler. Oh yeah, the spoiler too. Well, I didn't want to say that. I just I didn't have a spoiler alert to go on. We're but done. yeah, it, he um, he was his knees were really bad. He still occasionally got in the ring, especially like war games and stuff. Yeah. Or if a hawk or animal were unable to get to a, a particular location for various reasons. Or get to the ring for other various reasons, oh, but yeah. he's his full time career was was over. Um, but Aaron Stevens, I don't know if there's anything that could potentially why his career would be over. And and I don't think like he if if there is some sort of injury or something, they never really uh, they never really explained it. Um, so as far as I know, like I think he would be fine to step back in the ring. But let's move on because um, next up we have. Kyle Davis in the ring with Bully Ray. And it's such a weird dichotomy. If you watch Bully Ray and Impact uh, versus watching Bully Ray and the NWA, it's such a very much a different personality. It's only like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In the NWA, Bully Ray is the nicest dude there. He seems like uh, he would coach you in the back and show you a few moves or critique you on your match to help you get better. In Impact, he seems like the scum of the earth who was only there for himself, but uh, he, he basically uh, Kyle brings up uh, bully bullying Tom Latimer in their match at three, one, two bully does the absolute putting you over type promo that you don't really see that often. And he, he basically says that Tom Latimer is a future world champion and that the only thing that's holding Tom back is that sometimes he can't get out of his own head. I don't know if he was trying to advocate for being a manager here or, or, or what, but uh, anytime you put over Tom Latimer, I'm all about that. Um, what do you think about uh, that use of Bully Ray, Jaden? Do you think that's something that's good for the NWA? Are you indifferent to it, or how do you feel about that? Here's the thing. If it was consistent to what he's being seen on television somewhere else, it's not like it's a small little independent that nobody sees. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I guess you know some people consider impact being like in the uh, witness protection program, but it's still, if he's on television, they should keep the characters, the gimmicks, the personalities consistent. I don't like that. He's one and one and one and the other. Um, but the fact that he put over Latimer is a good thing. And I think that means there must be a rematch where he beats him. Cause you know, one thing you don't ever want to do is trash talk somebody you're going to wrestle. Yeah, because 
if you lose, you lost to somebody you consider a loser. And if you win, big deal, you beat a loser. That's that, you know, believe it or not, you're the one that really pushed that to me uh, years ago. And it's something I never really like. It never really gelled with me, but it makes all the sense in the world. You, 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 if you keep calling the guy, you're going to beat a loser and a chump and then you lose to him. Then, then what are you? Yeah. Um, and if you beat him, who cares? You beat a chump. You beat a loser. Everybody beat Barry Horowitz, even though he was more not a chump, but. Except for Chris Candido. Yeah. And then after that, everybody for a short time didn't beat Barry Horowitz. Yeah. He or on a winning streak. Yeah, in the WWF. <laughs> um, it feels weird to say now, and it's so sad that that feels weird to say. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. Um, but then after that, after the promo of putting over Tom, you're getting ready to leave. Out comes Daisy Kill, the, uh, he, I guess, the universal shitster for the National Wrestling Alliance. The last time we saw him, he was goading Camille into having a match with Natalia Markova. This week, he's just talking trash about bully and even in a song calls bully a dick, which is probably an accurate description of bully. If you even ask the man himself, he'd probably be the first one to tell you that uh, he, I mean, his tagline his if, if, uh, if uh, God was a heel, he'd be me or something like that. I, I butchered it, but you know what I'm getting at anyways. Um, they had a, they had a very short impromptu match that didn't last very long. Um, my biggest problem with that match is that, Daisy Kill is a guy that's an up-and-comer for the NWA. Maybe doing a job to somebody like Bully Ray isn't going to damage your career that much. But the fact that it was like it wasn't much of a fight at all, and Bully just got a quick squash on a guy who, at the very least, seems to have a future with your company. I don't think that's a good look, and I think that kind of potentially could hurt uh, a Daisy Kill in the future. You know, Jade, I'm sure you didn't watch this match, but. Just the booking alone, if you got a guy who's decent on the mic and has a decent look, um, still kind of new to the company, is that the best way to use him? Probably not, but then again, he's calling himself Daisy Kill, so immediately he must not care about his career with such a stupid name. <laughs> Fair enough. It doesn't really pass any kind of name test, honestly. So if he was so good, maybe they should send him away, teach him a new hold, have him come back and with a new name and a new gimmick. And be somebody. Um, right now, the, the NWA does over rely on the older talent, the guys who've been around a little too long on the tooth. I yeah. know that's who they're kind of getting right now, but there's a, really is a lot of untapped potential that they could find out there to build around and not have to. Hell, they have some of it in their damn company, but they could find they could build around some of the people and just use these named talents to create new stars, and that's what they should be doing. Um, but, of course, you know, that's uh, – and it just sounds like, honestly, it just sounds like, oh, we have a name, uh, Bully Ray. Let's get him on TV so people can actually pay attention to us. That's all it seems like they're doing right now. Yeah, it, it's been kind of interesting what they do with Bully. Like, he, they made sure he was there at the live event. Um, it almost felt like they were going to build to a Matt Cardona versus Bully Ray for either Chicago or maybe the 75th. You know, they've had heat elsewhere. They've, they've wrestled for that uh, promotion that operates out of the ECW arena. Um, that might have been a good use for him just as a, a, a an attraction of eyeballs, if you will. It might have got people talking. But I feel like squashing a guy like Daisy Kills doesn't do much for either person, right? And uh, you know, it doesn't really make him, uh, him being bully uh, a bigger star. It doesn't add value to him in the NWA. Um, putting him in a match with somebody that, 
could benefit from the rub, I think would be a, a much more smarter move. Who that is, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, maybe it's Jordan Clearwater. You know, maybe it's somebody like uh, somebody outside of the box. Maybe it's somebody like Sion, who uh, desperately needs to be relevant after losing the national title. Um, because y- you mentioned like they they do kind of go to yesteryear. I mean, I can't even remember the second season or third season of Power when they brought Scott Steiner in to be a part of the uh, you know uh, uh, strictly business group. It was just such a um, such a look at me moment. That I'm sure did get eyeballs to the brand, but like at the end of the day, Scott Center came and went, and nothing really changed. Here's the thing that people need to realize, and I know technically it's YouTube, it's not the same, but think of it as, as actual television. Every yeah. minute on television is very, very, very valuable. What it costs on network television, even nowadays with the dwindling rankings and the lower advertising budgets that they're having on these things it's still an absolute fortune on what a minute of television costs right so think of it as television now you have bully ray against this young up-and-comer if you have any plans for him you derailed it if you don't have any plans for him then why the hell is he on television and that's talking about uh daisy kill and what exactly, if he had plans for Bully Ray, what exactly has this done for him? Again, it just sounds like, hey, we have somebody here. Let's get him on television so people know who he is. Yeah. That's all it is. It doesn't have any real rhyme or reason why he's there. They're just having him there because, oh, look at us. <laughs> yeah. Look at this shiny, per- well, dull, weathered, rusted <laughs> person we have here. Um. You know, it's that's all it is. Is like, oh, we got, hey, we got something. Look, look what we have. Look, what we have. Yes, it's it's used and abused, but look what we have. Speaking yeah. of, by the way, the ECW arena, Jay, have you ever been to the ECW arena? In fact, you took me to the ECW arena. Well, actually, I took you to the ECW arena, but uh, uh, after our uh, after the event, I navigated you there. <laughs> well, technically, Google nav- navigated me there, but you actually uh, walked me up to the property and took some pictures of. Me of me right there at the ECW arena. It would have been really cool if there was some kind of wrestling event going there. Uh, But unfortunately at the ECW arena, they run shows, not events. And they didn't even run a show that day. So um, it was, uh, it was cool being there. Don't get me wrong. It was hallowed sacred ground to me is very, uh, uh, you know, so many of my favorite wrestlers have been in in and out of that arena and so many great matches have happened there. It would have been nice to be in that building to see some of the, you know, just some of the matches, a match, but uh, you know, maybe the next time I'm in uh, Philly, I could uh, make a swing by there. That was the, but that was pretty cool. Again, you know, in Southern California, our sacred ground was the uh, grand Olympic auditorium. Now that became a church for the uh, Korean community of Los Angeles. So they don't do any wrestling there these days, but uh, I was able to see ECW at the uh, Grand Olympic Auditorium. I was able to see XPW at the Grand Olympic Auditorium, and uh, I didn't get to see uh, any other real promotion besides those two. Well, besides the one. But let's get back to the uh, the the tonight's power. Um, so we get the bully gets that quick win over uh, Daisy. And then the next uh, next up, we have Kenzie and Kylie in the back with May. Um, Kenzie is uh, planting the seeds that she will be challenging for the Women's World Championship at the 75. Now, she never once mentioned Camille by name. She never even mentioned the Burke, but she said she wanted to ha- be the first 
women in the NWA to have three titles uh, because, you know, she is a former women's tag team champion. She's the current television champion and definitely looking towards uh, the women's world championship without actually mentioning that sacred name of the Burke or Camille. Uh, Kylie started to mention uh, that they are the two hottest sisters in the NWA. I think they're the only sisters in the NWA now that the Renegade twins are gone. And that uh, they they might adopt some sisters like Pretty Empowered, which I, I don't understand that. Like we kind of thought they were already a faction under the name Pretty Empowered. Um, then uh, then uh, May lets it slide that uh, Kenzie will be facing Sierra next week for the television title. Uh, the boys over at uh, we uh, the boys over at the other Alliance guys, Jeremy. Uh, well, Jeremy wasn't there, but uh, Tim and uh, Scooby brought up. The fact that Sierra actually lost to Kenzie a few weeks back on USA. And if anyone should be getting a shot at the TV title, it would probably be uh, uh, Kylie instead of Sierra. But nevertheless, it was a decent promo. Um, you know, Jane, have you gotten to see any of Kenzie Page's work? And if you have, what do you think of her? I have a little bit. I have watched some of her stuff because I know you guys, you and DK are big fans of her and you always put her over. So I have watched some of her stuff, especially some tag team stuff. Uh, I like her. Um, she loves me cause I'm not ugly. <laughs> and because I listen to the Alliance guys podcast or you're ugly, <laughs> pretty yeah. or approved. So yeah, they, they must love me then because I listen to the podcast and I'm not ugly. But yeah, actually, I like her. I think she's got some good personality, some good in-ring action. She's a little green, but that'll all change by getting more quality opponents. And one, you can't get a bigger, more quality opponent in the NWA than right now than Camille. I want to see all of these uh, wrestlers, all of the, the everyone that was in Australia after having so many reps in in such a short amount of time. Ten matches in fifteen days is a lot. Um, I mean, I think that's even. I think that's uh, really on par with like the WWE touring schedule. You know, that's more than what AEW wrestlers do uh, in a 15 day period is 10 matches. I think that's, that's a lot. So I, I'm hoping that between the repetition and the bonding and uh, that, that close knit group, I hope they grow in that, you know, again, the Southern six, I hope that infiltrates the NWA and, and really kind of brings that, uh, you know, maybe a potential like, pillars of the brand down the road not to get all aew but more like an, uh, a new japan or all japan type you know you have some, some young talent come in all at the same time and help grow with the company not not grow the company not grow themselves but grow with the company like we saw like the three musketeers or the pillars in all japan pro wrestling so i i don't know i think this could be a big deal for the nwa down the road and i'm hoping that kenzie page is a part of that I just want to know if the My Pillar guy has anything to do with it. <laughs> Was that the Boston version of the My Pillow guy? My Pillar guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Scion in the back with May. And this is the first time I think we've ever seen a fiery personality from uh, Scion. Uh, you know, when he showed up as the masked mystery man, he was wearing a shirt, he was wearing a tie. He wasn't ready to wrestle, but he was... He, he wanted to be a champion. His goal was to manifest an NWA championship. He achieved that, and he and in this promo, he basically says, for most people, that's the end of it. 
but not for Sion. Him losing the title was probably the best thing that's ever happened to him, that he feels like he's free. Now this is going to be his NWA, and he's not going to be listening to Austin Idol. He's not going to be listening to G's. He's not going to be listening to anyone but himself. So uh, hopefully this new personality from Sion translates to a better in-ring performance because, honestly, I've been quite bored with Sion over the last few months. And, uh, you know, he has shown fire in the past. I, that match that he had with Crimson uh, was was proof of that. And I want to see that guy in the ring again. Can it be considered a new personality when he really didn't have a personality before? Um, a first for Sion would be to have a personality. Fair enough. A first personality. <laughs> and that brings us to the main event, which they are billing as a Crockett Cup tune-up match. Um, now, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast and the live stream here, uh, we do know that uh, I don't I don't know how they got the uh, approval. I don't know how they got clearance, but the world heavyweight champion Tyrus teaming with Chris Adonis, our official entrance to the Crockett Cup. Now, this is a done deal. They didn't have to wrestle a qualifying match, and maybe it has something to do with the fact that Tyrus is the world champion. Uh Maybe it's the cachet that Adonis and Tyrus have together. I don't know, but uh, they are going to be in the Crockett Cup. As of yet, Blunt Force Trauma has not qualified for the Crockett Cup. So this wasn't even a qualifying match. It was just a match. And uh, and Blunt Force Trauma, um, we do know, uh, you know, um, Carnage and Damage are not two guys that just get pushed around very easily. This match was actually really fun. Um, it was a great use of Tyrus where he just kind of had the hot tag every now and then and kind of mostly stayed outside the ring and Adonis did the majority of the heavy lifting, uh, pun intended. Uh, we saw, you know, uh, Damage, who had previously wrestled without his mask against uh, Tyrus, um, put some work in on Tyrus. At You know, they faced each other at the Crockett Cup last year, so it was kind of nice to see that uh, kind of the history between those two continue. I know that they don't acknowledge who carnage is, but we all are damages, but we all know who it is. Um, so it was kind of cool to see that again. Uh, but the match ends when Aaron Stevens gets involved and, uh, and they get counted out so that the uh, blunt force trauma gets the victory. Uh, I have a like, question. Was this match sponsored by Arby's? <laughs> no, but they do have the meats. Um, no, it wasn't, but it was, it was a, it was a fine match, not a great match. And like I said earlier in the show, this episode of Power was probably like a C for me. I just, I didn't really love this episode of Power. Um, it was good and it had some some good matches, like I said. Uh, but I think there was a lot more potential that was unrealized on this episode. So uh, we do know that they did make the announcement that the, um, the NWA versus AAA from the World is a Vampire Tour in Mexico will air on USA this Saturday which I guess that means that power will be the same power uh, as it has been. We'll see. I, I don't really know how it's going to shake out, but there are several matches. There's at least two hours worth of wrestling for Mexico if they use all the footage that they shot. So I guess we'll just... I just thought of something that might make a lot of people here happy. What's that? <clears throat> Except for James X. Jackson. Uh, Tyrus and Adonis versus Murdoch and... Um, Knox. That would be a fun match. That you know, talking about sponsored by Arby's, that match definitely has the meats. Um, 
I'm going to ask you a few questions because uh, you weren't here earlier on. I'm going to just show you some of the teams that were in the Crockett Cup. This is kind of a, a refresher for anyone that's in the audience. But um, real quick, I'm going to show you some of the teams. Of course, you mentioned Murdoch and Knox. We also have Tyrus and Adonis as well. Murdoch as, and Knox. We're going to start for now. We're going to call them Murnox. Murnox. We've got Magnum Muscle. We've got the uh, the Mortons. We've got um, the tag team. Sounds like a sitcom, doesn't it? The Mortons. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Give them the theme for uh, Three's a Company. Come and knock on my door. Uh, we've got two entrants. I will from... suplex with you. Sorry. That's <laughs> all right. We've got two entrants from uh, AAA. Unfortunately, I didn't get the other graphic. Uh, but uh, there are two. Um, there'll be two tag teams from AAA. I do have uh, Toxin and Arez, but it will also have Octagon Jr. and Mysterious. And then, of course, we have the tag team champions, both the U.S. champions, the cunt gents, I mean, the country gentlemen, and we have uh, La Rebellion. So I got to ask you, Jaden, out of those teams that have been announced so far, is there one team that you're more excited to see than the others? And is there a team that you're thinking that will walk away with the victory? Uh, hmm, let me think. Well, now, for some reason, I think it's going to end up being Murnox versus uh, Tydonis. Tydonis. I think that should be the that's going to be the final. Uh, I have a feeling La Rebellion will be defeat, wrestling against two the two Mexican teams, and then rest will probably lose to one of the other two that I think is going to be the final. Um. Nobody there really special to me, honestly. There's some good teams. Yeah. But nobody really just, bam, that's like, I have to see this. I really, really wanted to see the Commonwealth Connection. I actually wanted to see La Rebellion. I really wanted to see Briscoe's. the Briscoe Brothers, at the, you know, the last one. Yeah. This, uh... I don't know. It's there's nothing that excites me on this one. Yeah, um, it, you know, and it's supposed to be like uh, they said, twenty to twenty-four teams, which kind of scares me that they don't know for sure what that number is going to be. Um, but uh, whoever shows know. up, you know, we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna put it open to casting call in, and whatever teams show up between, we'll take the first twenty to twenty-four of them. So, like, uh, you know, in in. Uh, you know, it really took uh, it, it took Tim bringing this up on the other lines, guys. You know, a tournament's like 16 or 32. A 24 bracket doesn't make sense. A 20 bracket doesn't make sense unless you're just giving lots of buys or expecting lots of buys. So um, I don't think anybody's going to be buying this, but um, <laughs> hey, oh, I'll buy it. I'll buy that. The original part. Crockett Cups, though, none of them had even number tag teams. Okay. So I guess they're going with that tradition. Fair enough, or at least not, you know divis divisible by four, or you got divisible by two, uh, yeah by four, yeah. Because well, you could I, only do divisible by two. I guess divisible by two would work. Yeah. Well, um, so that was it for power, um, and I think we're gonna wrap it up here, Jaden, because uh, you know it's uh, it's it's about ten minutes earlier than we start wrapping things up, so I think maybe we should just call it a night. Um, I want to say thanks for Rick Del Santo for joining us in the first half of the show. Thank you, Jaden, for being here for the second half of the show. Uh, thank you guys for watching in the chat. Jaden, uh, what do we know about the next dog event? Do we, is there anything 
any uh, any scratching at the uh, at the uh, doghouse? Um, I know this Wednesday. I'm kind of sure if it's Wednesday or Thursday. There's going to be a meeting and it may be an old dog stomping ground. Oh, nice. But until it happens, I really can't talk about it. That's that's fair. Um, wishing uh, Dr. Lawrence Draconium and all the folks at Dog uh, the best of wishes, and hopefully this match uh, happens. Uh, again, I also want to bring up... Um, There's lots of footage on YouTube, though, and more added soon. Yeah, and you guys can follow them on YouTube. They have a great channel. Um, I'm looking for the link right now. That's why I'm kind of stalling here, so give me just a second. But um, We don't have a channel. We have a station. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now it starts. Uh, dog pro wrestling. Everybody else has a YouTube channel. We have a YouTube station. Uh, I'm going to put the link right here in the chat. If you guys haven't done so already, do yourself a favor. Go like, comment, subscribe to that channel. And of course, share. If you can do me a solid and uh, leave a comment in the, uh, not in the chat so much, but after the show, it really helps with the algorithm. And uh, Jaden's gone. So, for that, guys, we're going to say goodnight a little bit early tonight, uh, but we'll be back next week. Next week, oh, Tony Givens is going to join us on this podcast, this one right here. Uh, Jaden, you're back. Tony Givens is going to join us next week, so uh, none of us will really be talking because, you know, t- Tony can go, but uh, we're going to be talking about Kerry Morton coming to Innovative to defend the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Of course, we're going to talk about Innovative, too. Uh, Tony was always good to us back in the uh, his days with the NWA, and I- I'd like to help plug his uh, show event that's coming up on May the 27th. Feels weird when he calls somebody else's show a show. Right? You, you almost want to say something, don't you? Well, it's because Dog doesn't run shows, so you can't really call us a show. So I guess you call somebody else's show a show. And here we go again. It's very Bobby the Brain. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to call it now because uh, actually I have to use the restroom. So thank you for everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you next week at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.